Welcome to University, a podcast for young people navigating life's big transitions. I'm Anne-Marie Ciresso, your host. On University, you'll hear stories from college students. You'll get tips from experts. And occasionally, you'll hear from a parent's perspective on how to manage this time of change in your life consciously. Find yourself. Find your purpose. Find your people and pursue you fearlessly. Nothing is going to get in the way of Nick Shea and his success. On this week's episode, I talked to 19-year-old sophomore Nick Shea. Nick is a photographer and a filmmaker and a content creator, and he has a wildly successful YouTube channel with over 50,000 followers. Nick originally planned to pursue his passions and study film and visual arts at Stanford University, his dream school. But much to his surprise today, despite his passions and his talent for photography and film and visual arts, Nick finds himself instead across the country studying economics at Princeton University. Tune in this week as Nick shares his struggles between choosing what's practical and what he's passionate about and tells us how he made that choice and why. Nick also shares about how he finds the time to fit it all in and what he's learned about trying to do it all and burn out. He talks about his fears of feeling judged and what it's like to be vulnerable on campus and in life. Um, I'm a sophomore at Princeton University. Like I said, I am majoring in economics with a certificate or a minor in entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, coming into college, I didn't really have any idea of what I wanted to do. So I was testing out a bunch of different majors. And luckily at Princeton, we have the rule that you don't have to declare a major until the end of your sophomore year, which gives us a lot of time and flexibility to, you know, dip your feet into different subjects and see which one interests you the most. And so um, I, I, there, there, was, there was times where I considered visual arts, you know, because I'm a photographer and filmmaker, but I realized that, you know, economics is a very practical degree and that um, it can be very beneficial, even if I'm not really particularly interested to go into banking or finance, you know, I'm a very entrepreneur minded and, um, you know, for business stuff, I think that, that'll be a good fit. Yeah, I, um, I appreciate that you have some time to declare your major because you can sort of get your feet wet and decide that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I noticed myself getting a little bit curious. So your passions are film photography but you're, you're studying economics because you think it's kind of the right thing to do. Is that what I'm hearing you say? I mean, I, this, this may be a little, um, you know, twist from what I, I guess I might, I might preach on my YouTube channel, but um, I'm, I'm always advocating to follow your passion and, and to do what you love. But for me and someone, for me as a freelance photographer and filmmaker, someone who's always, you know, learned by myself and been self-taught through YouTube tutorials or online classes and have never really taken an actual course, um, you know, obviously coming to Princeton, I'm, I'm very fortunate and very grateful to be here. And I felt that like, in order for me to utilize the most out of this opportunity and, you know, Princeton's economic department is, you know, one of the best in the world, you know, it would be better use of my time and, and the investment that I'm making into this education and this degree to, you know, get the most out of it rather than a visual arts degree, which is something, you know, I can very much easily learn on my own. Um, and to be honest, I, I didn't come to Princeton to get a visual arts degree. You know, I would have gone to New York or USC or anywhere else. So, you know, that's, that's the mentality that I'm having. And not that, like, I'm not interested in economics, even though it is hard and it is challenging and difficult. Um, but but the, more, the, the more upper-level courses I take, I realize that, you know, this is very beneficial and very practical, honestly, for any types of um, entrepreneurial endeavors I have or in the business world or in the, or in the workforce in general, really. 
Mm-hmm. So how are you finding the classes? Classes are difficult. Um, there's a lot of like intro and prereq courses that you have to take in order to fulfill the um, prereqs to get into the department. But after you get in, after you finish those, which are just kind of known to be very broad and very general and and not you know great classes, you get into some upper level stuff, which is obviously a little bit harder, but it is a little bit more interesting and and more applicable to, to some of the foundational skills that I'm learning. So. Given that your interests, sort of your passions lie with film and photography, um, mm-hmm. and you make sense to me that, you know, you're at Princeton and you want to get the most out of your education. Mm-hmm. Do you find it hard to focus on the classes like economics and those, those other subjects that you're not so passionate about? And I might be jumping, like, I don't know how passionate you are or not about it. Um, no, that's a really good question because you know, there, there are days where I'm sitting in lectures. I'm like, wow, this is not something I enjoy at all. Like it's, you know, either flying over my head, it's completely boring and I don't really necessarily find useful or relevant. But, you know, a thing that I'm coming to realize is that there are hard, hard things in life and that, you know, if I took the easy way out, not to say that like necessarily visual arts or sociology is the easy way out, so to say, but um, if, if I don't do the challenging things now, then it's not going to set me up to be more successful in the future. And the way I see it now is that like to do the hard thing for, you know, two more years and, and get the degree and get out of here and then focus on what I'm really passionate about rather than, you know, cheaping out and, and kind of taking the easy way out, which is, which is just my mentality. And, and it's very, you know, my own personal opinion, not that like anyone else needs to follow that direction. You know, I, I, I'm a big advocate of like doing what you're passionate about, but also doing what feels most right to you. And, and there was a lot, there still is, to be honest, like I haven't even like officially declared economics, but um there is still a little bit of debate going on in my head and still asking my friends and seeing, um, testing the waters a little bit, but that's where I'm leaning right now. Why did you choose Princeton? I, I get asked that question a lot, but um, I actually- Because I, I heard you say, I would have gone someplace else if I wanted to pursue visual arts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where would you have gone if you wanted to pursue visual arts and why Princeton? Because I, I saw your videos and you said, um, you know, I saw some of the videos where you talked about where you got rejected and accepted and then um, how you ended up getting accepted in Princeton. So it seems like your energy was really focused there. Uh, so number one, to answer your question, why Princeton? Um, I actually got off the wait list. I was committed to Northwestern. I also got into Vanderbilt, NYU, um, University of Texas and Oklahoma University. So those were kind of my options. Oh, and UC Berkeley. So I, I, I was very fortunate to have various options. Um, and I, I even in high school, I never really thought I would go to school to get any kind of arts degree just because like I said I, I've been self-taught and I don't necessarily think you know paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for four years to get some kind of arts degree is, is really viable or really practical um, especially the stuff the type of stuff that I do which is like more modern day photography and content creation and, and YouTube filmmaking like that's not necessarily something that can be taught in any any kind of college or courses um, and you know when you get off the waitlist at Princeton it's this feeling of like how can you turn this down it's literally the number one school in the country um, it's got it's got literally the best financial aid in the country. There are so many great opportunities. The professors, um, I mean, loca- location wise, like New Jersey isn't obviously ideal, but it is close to New York City, which is definitely a bonus. Um, and so yeah, and, and to be honest, like I, I mentioned this a few times, but Princeton was never in my top choices at all. Like when I did my Princeton tour, I didn't really like the campus, maybe because like I didn't do a good, I, I didn't even stay for the whole tour just because I didn't think it was my vibe. I didn't even put in my top like five school list. Um, mm-hmm. Stanford was my dream school. And when I got rejected from there and, and a lot of my other options or my other top choices, um, it, it wasn't until I kind of like 
flew out to Princeton, set foot on the campus, did a little bit more touring and really imagined myself as a student that I kind of like locked myself in and said, you know, this is the place I need to be. And so now you're a year and a half in. Yes, ma'am. How do you feel about it? You know, it, time has flown by. I think it's, I, I keep thinking about that. Like I'm almost a junior now and that's halfway through my Princeton career. And to think that like, you know, as many things as I have accomplished and have been successful at, there are still a lot more projects and endeavors that I, I want to fulfill before I leave. And it, it's a little bit scary just because I know that like there's so little time left and that in order for me to do all the things I want to, I need to get working now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very difficult, like balancing a whole Princeton academics and degrees and like extracurriculars and finding time with your friends. So, and uh, running a YouTube channel full time. So that's, you know, obviously a, a big difficulty for me, which I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to balance that all. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things I want to talk to you about that you, that you, you just mentioned in there. Um, balance is a big one running your YouTube channel, which I'm, um, appreciating how, there's this part of you that I think seems like a big part of you, this visual arts, this creative, this filmmaker, this photographer, that's wanting to come alive and be seen. And you're giving that one space um, while you're studying and doing these other things that you think are important. Um, So there's this whole idea of passion and balance and FOMO. So speak to, let's speak a little bit, let's start with um, balance because that's a big subject Um, and particularly um, in a place like Princeton where there's so many opportunities to take advantage of. So how are you managing this balance? Um, You know, coming to Princeton, the very first thing I realized was like, it is very overwhelming. There are literally hundreds of clubs, organizations. You can really do what you want to do here and there is space and clubs and opportunities available for that. Um, there's also great uh, events happening. There's guest speakers that are coming every week. Like last week, we had like Quest Love from the Roots come and he did a talk on creativity. Um, we've had uh, director uh, Justin Chan, the uh, huge like director in the Asian American film community. He came and did a talk. And so I've been very fortunate to like meet so many great speakers and and see so many people. Um, and as far as balance, you know, obviously academics are the biggest priority for me as a student. And as much as I you know may hate to, you know acknowledge that on my channel where yeah, and as much as I hate to acknowledge that on my channel I it is you know I, I am a student full-time and everything else needs to be a, a side a side hustle and a side uh, a hobby really and, and if you don't have passions while you're in college then um, it, it gets hard because you don't want to spend your entire four years just focused on academics like you're still a kid you're still a student you're still pretty young so um, it is important for me to take the time to to explore my creative endeavors and mm-hmm. there are times where I um, find myself either prioritizing my YouTube videos or editing or, fil- or filming rather than when I should be studying. And, you know, that, that, came, that has definitely come to bite me in the butt when it comes to midterms and finals and my GPA. Um, you know, but in the, but in the long term, I, I see it as, you know, investments, right? I'm, I'm making investments into my channel, into that growth. And if that, in, eventually when that pays off, you know, it's the same thing as like investing my time and energy into my academics. Like I know that in, in the long run, like that's all going to pay off. So um, that's how I see it right now. As far as like the, the nitty gritty of like balancing and time management, a lot of people have asked me that recently. And the more I think about it, the more I realize that it, it's about prioritizing what's important in the moment. And so like right now, next week is actually midterms, meaning that like this week, for me, since next, since next week is midterms, um, how I like to kind of balance my academics and, and my YouTube channel is that I will either backlog videos, meaning that, that like I'll have filmed and edited and have everything ready to release so that when it does come to midterms, I can fully focus on that and have everything scheduled and automated so that I don't really have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, this week I'll probably film a couple of videos so like I can have things ready for midterms week. 
Um, but when it's not, you know, crazy hectic with finals and, and exams and stuff, then I have more time to just prioritize what, um, what, what I'm interested in. Yeah, it takes a lot of presence to be able to um, balance all that time because it's not like extra time grows, right? No, like, no. So you're, you're going to have to do those backlog videos. That takes time out of your current schedule. So it requires a tremendous amount of planning and prioritizing, like you mentioned. Uh, I want to touch a little bit of on you. You took a break um, on December twenty fourth, mm-hmm. and you took this quest, and you wanted to learn more about yourself and and, and make some New Year's resolutions and focus on balance in your mental health. How's that going? Now we are three months later. What have you learned? Um, you know, taking a break was was really great for me, just to genuinely like put down the camera and not focus so much on like having to bring it everywhere every time I hang out with my friends and be like, Hey guys, I need to vlog this real quick. And like really being able to live in the moment was, was important for me, especially spending winter break and Christmas with my friends and family. Um, you know, but coming back the new semester after finals and everything, it was refreshing. Um, and you know, it's very, it's, it gave me a lot of motivation to just continue to, to work harder and, you know, hitting that 50,000, you know, now my next goal is to hit a hundred thousand. And right now I've said it, I've, you know, set a goal to try and do it by the end of the school year, which is pretty, pretty ridiculous. And like very much not, not, nothing's impossible. And I'm not saying that it's impossible to do, but it will take a lot of work and effort for me to, to reach that mark before, you know, end of May, beginning of June. Um, so that, that's where, that's kind of where my priorities have been lying right now. Um, and once again, it is hard just getting bogged down with school and academics and like trying to focus on that as well. So, and I mean, even on campus, I still do a lot of stuff with like freelance photography and videography. So like I do publicity for just about like a lot of the dance groups on this campus. So I will do like for their upcoming shows and stuff this Friday, I'm going to New York because I have to film a conference for another student group here. And so it's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of just like running around doing gigs and like still doing, still like running this channel and yeah. (laughs) So why? Why do you want 100,000 followers? You know, for me, it's always, actually, you know, that is a good question. And maybe, maybe I haven't really thought too much about it besides just that number, but it's more of like a, an indication to myself that like hard work pays off and that like it will genuine that all this will be worth it. And for, I've had that goal for so long and to have, genuinely it's to have, it's to get that plaque. And once I, I think once I see that plaque, it will like be the, culmination of, of everything that I've worked for so far um, and, and genuinely probably be like one of the biggest accomplishments in my life other than like getting into Princeton and for, to, to have that goal and to set some kind of like tangible thing and a genuine thing that I can com- accomplish within like a, a reasonable amount of time is you know good motivation for me to continue working every day and, and to reach that. Yeah it definitely is fun to have like a goal like something you're reaching uh, toward. And, and I get and, and to be honest it's not in Part, part part of my vanity side is like yes it is about the numbers it is about the metrics and it is about to have that info, to have that you know metric where i can start doing more bigger brand deals and i guess getting paid and whatever but it is also just like to to i guess maybe validate myself as a youtuber right to to hit that milestone and have the plaque and like genuinely say that like okay i'm not like it's not a a part time thing anymore like i'm i'm in it for the long haul and that like you know i guess just validation for myself really well, we all need to be validated. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But so you say, um, and I read this too in the Chronicle, that you're working to build a brand through your photography and, you know, in your filmography to continue after you graduate. So, and I keep hearing you come back to it, so I'm going to hold you to it, because then you've got this economics thing in the background. 
which one I and mean, what do you like what do you vision for yourself after you graduate like if, if, if you could drop if you could drop all shoulds mm-hmm. right what what do you imagine yourself doing if you were guaranteed success you know i that is a million dollar question and that's something that i've been asking myself a lot and i guess I, i've been like thinking i could push it back just because i say i have two years but in reality like i should I definitely need to start thinking and planning now to, to lay the foundation for wanna be, where I want to be in two years. But, um, you know, dropping all shoulds, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I'm a businessman. And so having, you know, my own company or my own business or own platform or app or something would obviously be the dream. And I, I'm, in, I'm in some entrepreneurship classes now, and, and, but it's hard. Like, I'm not going to make – no, I, I won't say I, I'm not going to, but, like, it's very difficult for me to think that, like, I can make the next Facebook or the next Snapchat – even though I know that all the utilities and the resources and everything I need is, is here to do it. Like I have amazing computer science friends that we could really do something if we had the idea. So, I mean, that's one avenue that I'm considering. I mean, obviously this YouTube channel, like very much could be a possibility, especially after two years, like who knows what the number will be. But um, yeah, I, I won't say that like, it's not a viable source of income and to do as a career, but in the, in when I say next isn't meant to like put down anyone who's obviously doing it as a career because they're obviously finding a lot of fulfillment out of it. But like for me to do that full time and to just make videos isn't necessarily like the most fulfilling thing for my life. And, and, and to to provide some context, like obviously like I'm at Princeton and like, there are so many things I can do with this degree and so many opportunities that like, I feel like just, just pursuing YouTube is, is not necessarily like a waste of this degree, but like, it's not the most valuable utilization of my time. And so, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, I obviously everything I do with YouTube can still be a side hustle and, uh, and regardless of whatever job I do in the future, um, you know, consulting is also an option. Media and marketing wouldn't be a well, bad idea. Let me ask you this. Let, if you could drop all like what makes sense in the world, what could be a good idea? What could give me a good income? What is it that most lights you up? What's the thing you most love to do when you wake up in the morning? What's the first thing you think? Like, I can't wait to do this. I mean, like when people ask me that question, it, it, it comes to, it comes to like creating and I mm-hmm. guess like content creation in general and whether it's shooting videos or shooting photos and like the most fun I genuinely have is like when I'm working with other talented individuals um, and like some examples are like working on music videos or like doing photo shoots with models or like, um, coming coming up with like client client shoots and like obviously it's a lot of work but it, it is where I find myself the most invested and the most focused and like when I'm behind that camera like directing a shoot it's just like I find peace with myself and like mm-hmm. have full control over the creative vision of this and it, it's obviously a lot of pressure right like to to lay the like just example like the Princeton admission community reached out to me because they want me to film the video for the incoming class of 2023 which is a lot of pressure for the video to be the first thing that kids see when they first come in and for mm-hmm. thousands of people like Princeton, Facebook, Instagram, like every official thing is going to be posting about it. So for me to be directing that is obviously a huge honor, but it's also like, damn, like I better get this, I better make this good. Uh, so that, that's kind of what's, that's another thing I, I've been, I have to work on within the next few weeks because that's coming out at the end of March. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess if dropping all shoulds, just like being a creative director is a good term that I've, I've enjoyed. Um, you know, working with in the past, yeah. Well, Nick, I can't help but noticing you're already doing that. Yeah, yes, ma'am. <laughs> you're already, you know, doing what you're most passionate about, and 
you're already finding great success. So, you know, I would invite you to, um, you know, celebrate that, take a moment and really sink in and celebrate that and trust, you know, trust that flow. We talk a lot on this podcast about trusting yourself, trusting your passions, dropping your shoulds and just surrendering to the, the, your passions so that it, we trust that our passions will take us in the right direction, no matter what, even if we don't always believe in the moment, you know, our whole tagline is pursue you fearlessly pursue yourself despite your fears, pursue the things you most love and trust. They're going to take you exactly where you want to go. And I think you do know, like um, you talk about, it's a lot of pressure to do this um, video uh, for Princeton, but if you keep doing it the way you're doing it now, trusting your creativity, trusting your vulnerability, you've got it. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. You know, it, I, I guess I've never thought of it that way to like trust myself and like to put that faith in that, like I can accomplish what I, what I want to do and, and what they, they need me to do. But you know, it, another part aspect of that is that like, there's a lot of like, I wouldn't say criticism, but there's a lot of judgment when it comes to the things that I guess I, I, I'm doing right now. And to give a little context, like obviously I'm at Princeton, but it is a very small campus to me that like there's only four or 5,000 undergraduate students. And so coming into freshman year, like not really having a established channel or anything and just kind of making it for fun. And then when I realized that like, okay, a following starting to build, you know, obviously it's natural for that, for my name to just get around campus and to, to let that spread around. And for me to kind of like continue to pursue everything, it, it is, at a point where like it's getting to the point where like I'm starting to find that balance between like okay this might be starting to affect my Princeton social life as well and my, my reputation on campus and what do you mean how I mean it's hard to explain unless you're kind of like a student here but there it's such a small community that like word easily gets out and like I guess like it's so when it comes to like when it comes to like clubs and stuff like whether it's frats or or sororities and things like that like it's easy for someone to say, oh, like, we don't, like, I don't really like Nietzsche because he does his YouTube thing or whatever. And so, like, to not let that mm -hmm. impact you. Yeah, and to not let that negativity. So, like, for example, the, essentially Princeton, Princeton has these things called eating clubs, which is kind of where you eat all your meals and you can join when you're a junior and senior. And half of them you have to bicker into, which is kind of like the rushing process for frats. You have to, like, go through an interview process. But um, basically what happened was, like, I bickered two of the clubs and I didn't get in. And, you know, not to say that, like, that it was because of my YouTube channel or whatever, but like, it, it, it I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but like, yeah, it, I guess it, it gets hard to like block out what, what other people are thinking. And, and, you know, you know, my, my friends hear stuff too. Like they'll tell me like, Oh, people don't like you or whatever. And like to, to block that out is hard, but it's also like, maybe I should just keep doing my own thing because it's been working. That was a big ramble. I don't, I don't really know. That, okay. So I would just like, I just want to, put an exclamation point. Maybe I should just keep doing my own thing because it's been working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like who gives a fuck what everyone else is thinking? Yeah. Honestly. So uh, like you're hitting on one of the core things that I'm seeing so many college students struggle with. And it's this idea of acceptance. It's being accepted by our peers. And I, I just, I, I want to like take this long, giant, luxurious pause and sink into that because it is something, it's what every fraternity, it's what every sorority, it's what every club, it's what every college letter is about. 
It's all about our desire to be accepted. And we're all running around with like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to figure out a way to fit in so other people like us. And what I heard you say on the very top of this call is I started my YouTube channel because it was fun and it was something I wanted to do. And I wanted it for me to look back on. And you did it from this really organic place. This You like showed up honestly and authentically and look at what you've attracted, 50,000 people who've accepted, right? And so like, I, it's so important for us to remember that we've got to quiet out the riffraff. We've got to quiet out the parts of ourselves that are seeking to be accepted and are willing to do almost anything because I'm seeing it over and over and over again. In real leaders, the great leaders, they ignore all that and they're trailblazers. And that's why the word comes from trailblazing, like imagine it. You just stay focused on what you're doing, what you're doing well, what you're passionate about, and the rest takes care of itself. So thanks for owning up to that part of yourself that, you know, still seeking expense. And it's, it's scary. It's scary to do what, yeah. So say more about that. Like, cause you're doing that. You know, yeah, I, that, that's a really great point. And I guess I just need a few seconds to like digest all that. Take it in. I, I guess what I can speak on is that like growing up in high school, you know, I'm an extroverted person. I'm very much charismatic and, and friendly with everything that I do. And, and I'm very passionate about a lot of different things. So even in high school, I was, like I mentioned, I was playing clarinet. I was like a soloist in the marching band. Um, I was like, well, I won like best dressed senior, like most creative senior. I was in like Mr. FMHS, which is like our pageant show, whatever. Um, and so yeah, I, I've, I've built tough skin. I've, I've had tough skin just because I know that like growing up, people always gave me shit for like, oh, why is he like dressed so well or like, why is he like so flamboyant or something? And um, you know that that definitely like helped me develop my tough skin. And, and when I got to college, I realized that like you know people are still gonna talk shit. Like people will talk shit regardless of whatever you're doing, just because like either one they're jealous because you know they can't you can't. People will always be jealous of success and talent. And not to say that like not to like put myself up and think that like I'm all this great guy or whatever. But like, um, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like you know people will always give you a hard time but if you let that get to you if you genuinely let other people's opinions dictate what you're trying to do in life and the things that you're trying to accomplish then you know you're you're losing track of time and you're wasting energy you know mm -hmm. dwelling on that when you can really be investing it in yourself to make yourself the best person that you can be because you know at the end of the day everyone's just trying to find happiness and mm -hmm. your your happiness can't depend on what other from what from what other people think of you i guess and like you really have to find that for yourself and if you let and, and like you're saying, like if you, if I let all that get to my head, um, and it's just distraction. It's just gonna hold me back. It's genuinely just gonna hold me back and prevent me from reaching my full potential. Absolutely, you've got it. I can so relate to Nick's quandary. I can really appreciate how difficult it can be to choose between following your heart and your passion, or doing what seems practical and safe in life. Even when we're experiencing success doing what we love, it can be scary to pursue it. And I can see how Nick has created such success for himself already doing what he loves and what he's great at, and yet he's compelled to also make sure he has a good backup plan, studying economics. What about you? Are you pushing against what you love to do what is practical? These decisions never come easily in college or in life. 
And even if you make the practical decision, if that's what feels right to you, it's important to make sure you always make time for the things you love. Just like Nick says, your happiness can't depend on what other people think of you. You have to find that for yourself. If I let that get to me, it will hold me back and prevent me from reaching my full potential. Thanks for listening to University. If you liked what you heard, I'd be absolutely thrilled for you to share with a friend and equally grateful for you to pop over and rate and review on iTunes. It really helps. You can find more information and stay in touch over at university.u on Instagram or at university on Facebook. I'll look forward to seeing you there. If you'd like support navigating the stress and chaos and you're ready to create a more fulfilling college experience, I offer live weekly group coaching calls every Thursday, 4 to 5 Central Time. It's a place to gather together, to be seen and heard, to reduce your stress and learn how to be in control of your life and create a life you love. Give the first week a try for free. Check it out. For more information, email me at annemarie.university at gmail.com or click the link in the show notes below.